episode of seen it all where we break down this week's biggest movie and tv news and the big the big stuff happening this week is cinemacon cinemacon as i said last week is where all the movie theater owners come and they all the studios all the spring studios bring out their top talent they give breakdowns on all the projects that they're doing but let's go ahead and get right into it i'm gonna break down each panel and the biggest stuff that they talked about in each panel or at least the stuff that kind of interests me so the first one up was sony and Sony, the first one they had up was called Dumb Money, which is about the game store, the GameStop short squeeze that happened a couple of years ago. It's starring Paul Dano, Nick Offerman, and Vincent D'Onofrio. And I really, I really love the concept of this and the cast. The cast sounds amazing. I'm actually very excited for this movie. I think it would be funny if they made this, if they had made one, or at least mentioned about the meme stock that caused AMC to go up too. Especially with the theater owner sitting in the crowd. I think it would have been funny if they had mentioned that. Or maybe it is in the movie. Maybe they just hit it because AMC kind of got balled out there by that. And not the other theaters did it either. <laughs> None of the other theaters got that. And then next up, they had Insidious, The Red Door. Um, I haven't seen any of the Insidious, Insidious films. But I will have to catch up on all of them for this. The trailer they put out already didn't really wow me. And it kind of just like co- looked like constant jump scares. Which I'm not... This, which isn't what I'm looking for in my horror movies. Evil Dead Rise probably only had like a few jump scares. And Patrick Wilson, I believe, he, this, he's directing this. I think this is his first directing gig. And then also the kid from Jurassic World and Iron Man 3 stars here. And apparently he's been in this franchise the entire time. I had no idea. I thought he took a break for acting. acting so it's cool to see him. It's cool to see him come back here. So I hope this received well, but I have no excitement for this film at all. But I'll be there. I'll be there seeing it. And then what I am excited for, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The, the audience there got to see 14 minutes of footage that mostly showed Miles' family life and Gwen as uh, as Spider-Gwen showing up. I've already said a ton about my excitement for this film, and I just I just can't wait for June. Um, we didn't really see a ton of info on the outside. Looking looking on the outside of CinemaCon, we didn't really get much. But yeah, I'm still very excited. But the stuff we did get a ton of info about was another Sony Spider-Man adjacent movie, and that is Craven the Hunter. First off, we found out it's going to be rated R. <laughs> um, th- that's just, that's crazy. Um, Russell Crowe is also starring, and then Rhino, the Spider-Man villain Rhino's going to show up, not Paul Giamatti's version from Amazing Spider-Man. Rhino's going to show up. Um, the look the attendees got was that of Craven ripping out people's eyes and throats, and he used, like, bear traps to crush a guy's head it was very violent very very violent which is really surprising as i said and apparently he was going against people that hunted on like ranges where the animals are enclosed so it was like a much easier version of hunting so he he likes going out and actually hunting in the wild so that's why he was killing them apparently um i'm really surprised this is rated r when venom and morbius weren't rated r uh one venom Venom 2 specifically literally had a character named carnage in it and that wasn't rated r that was pg-13 and Two, I also think the Morbius memes, you know, it's Morbin time and all that stuff like that. It would have been so much funnier if it was rated R. I wish, I wish Morbius was rated R after this news coming out. How do you make a vampire movie and you don't have actual blood in it? (laughs) But I'm really glad this is rated R because it gives it something to differentiate it from all the other comic book movies out there. Although I still have very little hope for this film. As I said before, I really hate all of Sony Spider-Man villain movies. They just, they just don't work when you make those, those villains anti-heroes and i really hope they keep the craven as a villain please keep him as a villain if they do that they will definitely get some some points in my book but yeah i have no excitement for this movie at all and then we also have a movie called gran turismo which is based off the video game starring david harbour and 
This one is apparently based off a true story. I only really play Nintendo games every now and then, like Mario Kart and Splatoon, so I had no idea this was a game. But apparently it's one of the highest selling games of all time, and it's just I think it's just a racing game. So I like that instead of trying to find a story around the game itself, they went out and got a true story that ties into how a gamer who played Gran Turismo actually became a professional racer. That sounds really cool, honestly. But honestly, don't really care for this either because I've got my car fix this year in Fast X. Thank you very much. That's what that's what's giving my car fix. <laughs> and then we switch to another film that I really like. The only films I'm totally in love with from Sony this year are Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and probably this this comedy coming out called No Hard, no Hard Feelings that Jennifer Lawrence is starring in. Um, there was nothing really new that came out, but I don't think I ever talked about the trailer But on here, but it was probably one of the funniest trailers I've seen in a very, very long time. It falls Jennifer Lawrence being paid to get with this get with this kid who needs to be pushed out of his comfort zone. It looked great. It's absolutely what I was looking for in a comedy, and I love Jennifer Lawrence so, so much, and I'm glad she's getting back in the industry after she took her break. I thought she was great, and don't look up, and I hope to see she does more. Maybe come back to the Hunger Games franchise. <laughs> Um, and then we also have another comedy coming for them called Anyone But You, which Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell are starring in. It's R-rated rom-com. But the only real notable thing here is that Glenn Powell's girlfriend broke up with him because he's getting too tight with Sydney Sweeney. So that's – we got a whole other don't, don't worry – what is it? Don't worry, darling. Darling? Yeah. Something like that from last year with Florence Pugh and, and uh, Harry Styles. Maybe we'll get some more drama like that this year because that was so funny. So that seems to be the only notable thing about this movie. And then what they closed out with, they closed out the year, the clo- they closed out their presentation with Napoleon, which is an, actually an Apple TV Plus movie that they are now putting all their big movies in the theaters, and they partnered up with Sony for this one. Joaquin Phoenix stars, and then Ridley Scott's directing Alien franchise and stuff like that. Um, they got to, The people there got to see a battle that was very violent, apparently, and also looked really cool. But Joaquin Phoenix is not doing a French accent playing Napoleon, which I think is so funny. But, hey, I'll at least be able to understand what he's saying. But, man, does this just make Thanksgiving more and more crowded? They have Hunger Games, The Battle of Songbird and the Snakes coming out, uh, Trolls 3, Wish, The Marvels a few weeks before, and now this. And I think something else might be coming around the area, too. It's crazy how busy, how busy this Thanksgiving will be. I don't know if I'm going to have time to see all this stuff, but I will make it happen. I will make it happen. I know my family is going to be like, we want to spend time with you. Nope. I got to see all the new movies that come out. (laughs) So overall, I think the projects I'm definitely most excited for are Spider-Verse and No Hard Feelings. The GameStop Stonks movie actually seems dumb money, actually seems pretty interesting to me, but I think I have to see a trailer before I actually get excited for it. But nothing new really stood out to me, and it was kind of just an okay presentation from Sony, which I think is funny, though. Last year, they announced El Muerto as a new Spider-Man villain movie that was coming out their CinemaCon presentation. I think it's supposed to come out January 2024. They didn't even touch on it. They did not even touch on it. I'm so glad they didn't because I don't want that movie to see the light of day. Um, next next pres- presentation we got was Warner Bros. Discovery. They started off with Barbie. Nothing too notable here because everything was kept secret, but it seems like Kate McKinnon Barbie, the weird Barbie I think she's playing, is what sends Margot Robbie's Barbie to the real world. Real world. Also, Greta Gerwig, she, who's the director and writer of the movie, what said she was laughing while also crying while watching this movie, and so, so was her cast. So I'm wondering how that actually plays out. Am I, am I gonna cry at a Barbie movie? Who knows? We'll see. But I think my favorite thing to come out of the entire CinemaCon was the news we got about the Meg Two. I am so excited to hear news about the sequel. I was so worried it was gonna get pushed back because there has been no news about this movie. But thank God they addressed it here and showed off some new footage i absolutely love the first meg film 
with Jason Statham. It is everything I'm looking for. If you could say, tell me Jason Statham shark film, this is what I'm looking for. Them fighting each other, was it was just cinema. Jason Statham punching a Megalodon, oh, it was amazing. And I love that movie so much that I actually went and read the book it was based on. And that was really good too. It wasn't like insane as the movie was, but it was a solid book. And now the sequel, apparently Statham will venture down below the sea and release a slew of prehistoric creatures. Apparently a dino showed up in the trailer and it seems like chaos ensues from there. There's like multiple megalodons, like I think a pot of them. There's going to be krakens and Jason Statham's going to be fighting them all off with jet skis and kicking them in the face. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But the description given, it seems a little like Fast X, but Fast X is a little too absurd for me. But when you start getting to prehistoric creatures, there could never be too much absurdity. There never can be. I love all the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies so much. I even liked, really like 65 just because dinos showed up. Even though a few of them are bad, I still love them because if you give me my prehistoric fix, I will be there every day. <laughs> I need this trailer to be released publicly, like right now. Honestly, the more excited about this project than compared to any any others coming out. Um, the Nun 2, that also got a quick trailer, and they filled the panel with Nun actors. Like when they were showing off the title screen, all the lights went dark, and they put Nun, people dress up as nuns, down the aisle so when they turn the lights back on everybody got freaked out but i've only seen the conjuring films in the franchise like conjuring one two and three i never watched annabelle i never watched the nun um my favorite of the three conjuring films has to be that first one so i guess i'm gonna have to watch the nun before this one comes out and so i don't know this one it didn't seem to wow anybody on it so who knows um, but we also got word that the fourth Conjuring is being made along with a Beetlejuice film. I just got to throw that in there. Both of those got f- confirmed as well in the horror sphere. But Warner Brothers really knocked it out of the park with Evil Dead Rise. So hopefully they can do the same with The Nun 2. Um, Blue Beetle, they got an extended trailer shown here and just emphasized more of the family stuff. As I said before, I really don't have any excitement for this film because it just looks like a typical origin superhero movie. Uh, I just, it, it just, it can. And this footage continues to reinforce it, but hopefully it will blow away those beliefs. Um, Dune Part 2. I think the first Dune film is solid, but a very, very slow movie that has a lot of setup, but not a lot of payoff. A beautiful film that did not need to be two and a half hours long, or I think close to three hours. And I'm going to have to make myself watch it again before the new one comes out. But apparently the new one will just be packed with action and resolving everything set up in the last film. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. I wanted some action after the slowness of that last movie. It started getting good when you started getting the battles, but then they cut back to just them talking. I w- if you're going to give me space opera, give me a space opera. <laughs> um, apparently, Timothy Chalamet, I don't remember. I think his name is Paul Paul Atreides. That's his character's name. Boom. I remember that. He's writing Sandwells, and there's huge space battles. I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. And then it was also said they completely shot this film in 100% IMAX, which is really expensive compared to the first film, which I think shot in only 40% of it was IMAX. So that's cool. And then we got first looks that came out recently of Florence Pugh, her hair. I don't love it. You kind of make Florence Pugh unattractive and I wanted her to look attractive, but Zendaya still looks good though. Zendaya still looks good. So we'll see. And I think Austin Butler doesn't, they haven't released his look publicly, but I'm pretty sure he's going to look very pale and bald and bigger. So I don't know. It's hard to make these people unattractive. And apparently the Dune, the Dune people did it. (laughs) Um, The Marvels comes out the, Next week, Dune Part 2 comes out to take all of its screens, so hopefully it'll still do well. Um, Wonka. They kept Timothy Chalamet on the stage because Timothy Chalamet will be playing Wonka 
in a prequel to the it's a prequel to the Gene Wilder movie, which I have some nostalgia for, but it's also a really a really weird film. Uh, Wonka Wonka here seems to be a lot more humble and just chocolate eating. But the more exciting news is that Hugh Grant will play an Oompa Loompa. Please, somebody leak footage of what he looks like. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I'm glad Hugh Grant is back because he was pretty good in Dungeons and Dragons. And then Warner Brothers Awards pick of the year, The Color Purple. Oprah is a producer here, and I've never seen the original. That this is like I think it, they did a they did the original back in probably. I think it was a while ago, maybe the 50s or 60s, and then they did a Broadway adaptation of that, and now they're doing a remake with the Broadway songs, I think, in it. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. But Warner, as I said, I'm pretty sure this is going to be Warner Brothers' big awards flick this year, so that gets me excited. I wish it was released before Christmas because it's got to be a pain getting my family to go out and see a movie when Aquaman is in theaters, and then Aquaman. They touched on Aquaman at the end. We have some little bit of news about that. Black Manta from the first one is going to be the main villain here, but they didn't show too much. Aquaman has a kid and has to team up with his evil brother from the first one to fight Black Manta. Apparently, it's CGI. kind of looks overbearing, like in Quantumania. And its early test screens, according to some people, have not been well-received. But that's all rumors. But I had so much fun with the first film. So if you can give me the fun of that film, then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll be satisfied. So for the panel overall, I am definitely, definitely most excited about Meg 2, The Trench. Release that trailer publicly, Warner Bros. That's the one, the one thing I want. The one thing I want. Give it to me. But speaking, switching up with the Warner Brothers, they also did, released a Flash trailer publicly, and they let the people at CinemaCon see the Flash. This trailer looks epic. After being so-so on the first trailer, this one had a much more emotional backing to it that I loved. But what really carried the trailer for me was Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton's Batman and Sasha Kaye's Supergirl. Both of them looked awesome. Opening with Keaton, who also lost his parents, and contrasting that with Flash was a really cool concept that I didn't even think of, that they both lost their parents. And Supergirl doesn't have any parents in this either, so they're all kind of orphans. And that's that's something I did not think of, and it's cool that they're making that connection with these characters. But my favorite moment with him, and of the entire trailer, was when he jumped, or he didn't jump out of the Batwing, he got thrown out the Batwing, and then he had to fly down as the Batwing was crashing, he had to dodge it. Oh, it looks so cool. It looks so cool. Also saw Sakai shouting, what did you do to Barry? Sends chills down my spine every time I see it. And I wonder what, what did Barry do? <laughs> and she, she looks to be giving a great performance. The emotional drama looks great, as I said, with it revolving around Barry trying to get his parents back and specifically his mom back. But this, this is where I get into my negatives. Ezra Miller, I don't want to go into tangent again, but I would be totally fine if they kept him in this movie if they announced that they would not be bringing them back for future projects. And Peter Saffron went out and praised their performance and said they are one of the best actors they've ever worked with. Are you kidding me? After all they have done and the people they have hurt, they, they indoctrinated a girl. They have hurt a lot of people and you are still, call, still calling them a great person to work with? No, don't you don't say that. I understand if you have to promote the film and make your money back, I respect that. But don't be promoting that kind of behavior ever. And also, <laughs> I also have one other drawback for this film, and that is the trailer. The CGI in the trailer still does not look that great for a movie that they have been working on for quite a while now. So hopefully, when June comes out, it'll all look much better. But I don't have a ton of hope in the CGI for this film. But that was just my trailer thoughts. Now I want to talk about what other people at CinemaCon thought of it. So the reactions that came out of CinemaCon were exactly what I thought they would be. David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, said it was the best comic book movie that he'd ever seen. It's not that. <laughs> Someone made a joke that he's on Twitter that he's only seen The Flash and The Batgirl, which he canceled. So The Flash is the greatest comic book movie. I thought that was good. But it's a very good movie and probably the best DC movie by far, which isn't too terribly hard to achieve. Um, the only one I really love is Aquaman, as I said, because it's super fun. And then The Suicide Squad, and that's James Gunn's version. That was probably the only, like, I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't really like most of the DCU movies. They are also saying some of the CGI looks a little awful, like I just said with the trailer, but basically the people who enjoy comic book movies are loving it, and the people who are just so-so or really don't like comic book movies are liking it so-so. They have a lot of detractors for it. So it just seems like your typical comic book movie, honestly, at this point. I think this is probably going to get a similar reaction to what Guardians gets, but I don't see this performing anywhere near good as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, especially with the stuff Ezra Miller has done. But who knows? Maybe the fan, older fan base of Michael Keaton can weigh out the negatives that Ezra Miller brings. Um, now let's move on to the Disney panel. They started off by showing just a clip from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then they just showed the Marvel's trailer that we've they've already released publicly. They showed that to the crowd, which it was a weird way to start the panel because they usually bring stuff that is exclusive for theater owners to see. Kevin Feige wasn't even here this year compared to last year where they showed 20 minutes of Doctor Strange 2. Also, Guardians Galaxy Volume 3 is having early IMAX screens on Friday in the bigger cities, so maybe that's why they held off since all the critics are getting, most of these people are going to get to see Guardians Galaxy 3 on Friday, so who knows. But then they started getting new stuff, and that is Haunted Mansion. It promises a ton of new cameos, and I think Dan Le Levy is going to show up, and I love Dan Levy. He's so funny on Schitt's Creek. And I'm getting more and more pumped for this movie now because it has a PG-13 rating. I really thought it was going to be PG, but maybe they can actually do stuff with the horror elements. But most of the stuff they showed was kept in secrecy. But I love that it's a PG-13 rating. Uh, Little Mermaid, I thought it was going to have a PG-13. It's PG, so it kind of flip-flopped what the ratings I thought were going to have. Um, but the animated film... I am most excited to see this year is Elemental, and attendees got to see 20 minutes of it. They showed it off in 3D. It's saw the first 20 minutes of the film. It is going heavy on the message of immigrants and biases we have against others. I think Pixar will pack this film full of messages while still providing entertainment like they usually do. If only Illumination could do the same. <laughs> That's a little test against Mario right there, but I'm still wavering on whether I see The Flash or this first on June 16th because I don't want to get Flash spoiled for me. But I wish they would release these on separate days like they planned on. But the Flash had to move up a week. So now they're released on the same day. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> and then they showed off A Haunting in Venice. Um, they actually released that trailer publicly so I can talk about that here. I actually really love the first two Hercule Poirot movies. I hope I said that right. Even though they are nowhere near the same level as Ryan Johnson's Murder Mystery, which is Knives Out and Glass Onion. But I really enjoy, especially when they have stars that I love in them. Uh, I thought Death on the Nile was pretty good, and so was Murder on the Orient Express. I thought they were both pretty good movies. I don't see the hate that they get. They were entertaining murder mysteries to me. It's hard to screw up a murder mystery for me unless you make it really, really stupid. And both these people seem pretty smart. So, uh, Ryan Johnson and, and um, what's his name? Oh, shoot. I forgot his name. <laughs> I just said his name. I thought I did. But the guy who plays Hercule Poirot, he's pretty smart, dude. And I don't think he can screw this one up. Um, and boy... Does this movie have some of the stars that I love in it? Speaking of, I love when famous movie stars are in it. Particularly, Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh. She is, I'm pretty sure she might be the lead here. And then Tina Fey is also in it. And it's taking the horror elements to play with the murder mystery. What a cool idea, which I've never seen before. And I think the horror vibes will go well with figuring out who the murderer was. I do worry that the new horror stances film takes may turn off some of the audience that love the past two films. But I'm all here for it. The concept itself and the stars definitely grab me more than the trailer did, but I think they're going to hide a lot of the movie like they did with Death on Nile, which the trailer didn't even show who was murdered. So if they're trying to keep most of the film in secrecy, I am perfectly, perfectly fine with that. Then we have a film called The Covenant from the director of Rogue One, who actually didn't really direct it because of reshoots that they had Tony Gilroy come on and reshoot most of the movie, but in name, he's the director of Rogue One. But it stars John David Washington and Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan is my biggest celebrity crush. I love everything she shows up in. 
from Crazy Rich Asians to Eternals to Captain Marvel to all her films she's in. I love her. <laughs> I love her. This film will be a sci-fi epic that is during takes place during the battle of, a, of AI and humans. And John David Washington plays an anti-hero that falls in love with Jimmy Chan. This sounds so freaking cool. And I had no idea this film was coming out at all. It's going to release in the middle of September, which doesn't give me too much hope. But apparently they did spend a lot of money on this. And I don't know if this film can make back that but i just i just want a good original sci-fi epic and they already made a great first step by casting jimma chan that's already a win in my book that's a win in my book um nesco wins was also shown from director taika waititi um they released a trailer publicly it looked fun it's really nothing new here because ted lasso had already come out with three seasons and this is, this is basically just that story but in samoa america samoa i think is the country it's in but the comedy looked really good to me when the, they had a scene where they they had just trying to score one goal and they kicked it and it bounced off all their heads. It looked really funny. But Taika Waititi, he needs a win. And Michael Fassbender, he needs a win who's starring. So hopefully hopefully this will bring it to them. Um, and then the next morning they released the Wish trailer publicly, which is the next Disney animated princess film that will come out over Thanksgiving. Another film over Thanksgiving. Um, I thought it looked good. It looked like a good start for the ad campaign. I really love the song they put with they put with it with that Ariana DeBose sings, who was in West Side Story. She won an Oscar for it. She was great in that movie. Um, Chris Pine plays a villain. He looks good, and I'm really though I'm really glad Disney is going to give us a good evil villain again. And there is also an animal sidekick. Of course, you have to have those in all the Disney all the Disney princess films. It's a goat, and it's played by Alan Tudyk who is using the same exact voice he does for Clayface and Harley Quinn. So I don't know how I feel about that. I didn't love it. But, yeah, they didn't really show too much. It's, it's a teaser. But my biggest critique of it is I really did not did not like the animation style. It was kind of looked like unrendered 3D animation. And I would prefer the Frozen and Moana type animation for this film instead of the one they chose. I also forgot that they showed a screening of the Boogeyman at the end of the presentation. But I think they kept mostly everyone under embargo, which to me doesn't bode well for the quality of this film. But... At the end of the Disney panel, I still have to I still say the big winner. I'm giving you the big winner of each panel has to be the creator and Elemental because one I didn't know the creator was coming and Elemental just proves it's going to be a winner for Pixar. I believe it's going to be a winner for Pixar. And the next panel we had was the Universal Studios. Um, they opened it with Oppenheimer, which I said before, I'm not too terribly excited for this movie. I would be excited if Christopher Nolan knows how to get his sound mixing right because the last films he's released, you can't understand what the people are saying without subtitles, and it's very annoying. It doesn't. It makes me so mad because I want to. I watched Tenet. I had no idea what was happening, and I'm never gonna watch it again. Not even with subtitles. I just don't want ever want to watch that movie again. If you confuse me, I never want to go back. <laughs> Excuse me, but he's just very full of himself. Christopher Nolan is, and he called. Robert J. Oppenheimer, the most important person in the world in entire history. And I was just laughing when I heard that quote because no. <laughs> but we're getting a new trailer in two weeks. And it's going to play with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And hopefully it can wow me because the other trailers haven't wowed me. But a lot of ton of really good people are in this film. I love Matt Damon. Matt Damon might get me to go see it just for him. But it's also releasing on the same day as Barbie. And I will be seeing Barbie before I see this film. I just know it. <laughs> Barbie will also be a lot shorter, too. So that can, <laughs> I can get a lot more people to go see Barbie with me than I can Oppenheimer. And then we also got news on the Exorcist remake they were doing. And it's finally come out that it's going to be titled The Exorcist Believer. And I've never seen the original Exorcist. It's on my to-do list. I know, I've seen tons of clips from it. So I basically know the essential storyline at this point. But they talk about bringing the original actress back for this one. But I'm also kind of confused because it sounds sounds like a reboot. So it's like a reboot slash sequel to the first one. So who knows? I think they're trying to do similar they did with the Halloween trilogy because it's made by David Gordon 
Green, I think is his name, who's the same guy who did the Halloween trilogy remake, which I enjoyed all of them. I mean, they really they got worse as they went along, but I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them, especially the first one. The first one was great. So hopefully we'll get a good start to the Exorcist trilogy, and then maybe he'll screw it up. But we'll have that good first movie back. <laughs> and the people who got to see it, they saw that two girls were possessed. So, you know, it's always better when you got more than one girl possessed because that means that a lot more crap can go crazy. All the screen films, the screen films are better when you have multiple killers. It's just, it's just a, it's just a rule. You just gotta got more. <laughs> and I'm sure the Meg Two will be better because it has more megalodons. <laughs> and then we switch over to the animation side. They went on a, a, a parade about how Mario was doing so well and let them. I'm letting them have that win. I'm letting Illumination have that win. They had that. Mig- they showed off their migration, which is a new movie they coming out in December. It's being made by the guy who made White Lotus. It's written by the guy who made White Lotus. So I think it's going to be good. But I just don't have any faith in Illumination. But I do have faith in DreamWorks, though. They showed off Trolls 3. I don't have faith in that movie. I take that back. I have faith in some DreamWorks projects. And one of those projects I have faith in is Kung Fu Panda 4. It's being directed by Mike Mitchell, who directed Lego Movie 2, the second part. I love that title. I love those movies so much. I think I like Lego Movie 2 more than the first one. And I'm glad he's directing this. And this one, Poe... Poe, played by Jack Black, will come face-to-face with the chameleon as a villain this time, who can bring back past villains. Uh, this is amazing. I loved all the villains in the past ones. I think my favorite has to be the peacock. I don't remember his name, but the genocidal peacock. He was great. He was a great villain. He's very formidable. I don't know about... I remember the one from the third movie. The one from the third movie is named Kai. He was cool. He had good music. He had good music. That's what he had going for him. And then the first one, you have the, the white tiger that he fights. That guy's funny, so... I'm glad to see all of them come back. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna conclude the Kung Fu Panda franchise. So it's gonna be great. And then Fast and Furious came out. They gave them some little Fast X footage, but more importantly, they announced that Fast X Part Two will release in 2025 to conclude the Fast and Furious franchise, which we already knew they were gonna make an 11th one to conclude it. But what an awful name! <laughs> it's like you're giving ammo to these people who hate these movies. <laughs> Fast X Part Two. I don't think they're gonna keep it this name, but. As it stands, that would be hilarious if they kept that name. I felt someone threw an idea that they should name it this one Furious, the 11th one Furious X. I like that a lot better. You end your off with Fast X and Furious X. Oh, that would be so cool. That'd be so cool. But no, no, we got Fast X Part 2. That's such a bad name. That's almost as bad as renaming your streaming service HBO Max to Max, the one where HBO is. <laughs> God. Some people in Hollywood should not be getting paid to name stuff. <laughs> and then. Next, we had a movie shown called The Fall Guy, where it stars Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling. Who's dire- it's directed by the guy who did the first John Wick, he did Deadpool 2, he did Bullet Train, and I think I loved every movie he's made. Honestly, I really enjoyed every movie he's made, especially Bullet Train. I really loved Bullet Train. Bullet Train was one of the best movie theater experiences I had last year. Um, but this follows Ryan Gosling as he's called back into the film industry. He plays a stunt guy by his ex-girlfriend, who is Emily Blunt, who's directing her first film, which it doesn't seem like a very good premise to me, but... If it can be as good as Bullet Train, I'll be excited for it. I'll be excited for it. And then the last, what they used to close out their panel was Wicked, which I have never seen the play. I've seen The Wizard of Oz maybe once, but I've never really seen anything about Wicked. And if they're making a feature film, I don't want to look into it. I kind of want to be surprised when I see it. Pretty sure this is coming out in two parts. The first part will release um, next Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving 2024. And they released some pictures a couple weeks ago that looked very dark. You couldn't see what was happening. But then we got production photos, and the people here got 
could see some rough production, and it looks like they spent a ton, a ton of money on this. They spent, they, I'm pretty sure they planted 9 million tulips instead of doing CGI, so that's really cool. John Chu's directed this. He directed Crazy Rich Asians. I love Crazy Rich Asians. He also did it in the Heights, which I'm more so-so on, but I love Crazy Rich Asians. And then Michelle Yeoh stars here, too. I didn't know she was in this as well. She's, she's in everything right now, and I love it. I love it for her. I'm such a big Michelle Yeoh fan. <laughs> And the last panel I'm going to talk about today is the Paramount panel. Um, first of all, before the panel started, they released the new Transformers Rise of the Beast trailer. Um, it just looks to build off that last trailer. Um, I, I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with the Transformers, Transformers franchise. My dad loves this franchise. Um, I really the only ones I've seen in theaters. I've I've said I've seen the first one. First one's solid. I've never seen two or three. I've seen four, which I actually really enjoyed, but I was also eight when I saw that movie. Five was kind of boring, but still fun. And then Bumblebee was a solid, a solid heartwarming film. Solid heartwarming film. Nothing in too terribly incredible. But this looks just to build off the back of Bumblebee. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to take place a few years after that. Michelle Yeoh also stars here, so it's already a win in my book. And the action looks really cool, but I want to be able for these characters to like actually connect with them because it seems like they're they're gonna take over. And there's only two I think there's like only two humans in this movie between Anthony Anthony Ramos, I'm pretty sure that's his name, and then Dominique Thorne. Those are the two humans basically in this movie. So they're gonna have to make me really, really connect to those the CGI characters, which I think I, I have faith. I hope. <laughs> but it looks like a huge spectacle. And then the villain is um Omnicron, I think is the name. See, I'm not a Transformer. I don't have Transformers background. I'm not that old. <laughs> and it seems like they're it's wants to consume the planet. So I'm like, is this just Transformers version of Galactus from the Marvel universe? And I think it is. So if you can just say it's Transformers Galactus, then I'll know exactly what you're talking about. But it looks like a huge spectacle, but hopefully it can have the heart. <laughs> and then when they got to the panel, they also brought out Paramount really brought the animation. They brought the animation to their panel. First of all, they announced they're making another Transformers animated film after their one from either the eighties or nineties, the one where they killed off all the people. I know that. I know they killed off everybody just jump their toy sales and that didn't work but they're doing another one transformers i think it's called transformers one and it's an anime movie coming with <laughs> it's the best part chris hemsworth is voicing optimus prime and ryan tyree henry is voicing young megatron <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry um i thought we had great voice voices for them already uh, whoever does the optimus prime voice now pretty sure he can voice young optimus prime i don't think their voices really age like human voices do so Seems a little absurd to me. A little absurd, but hey, I I don't know. I'll go see it. <laughs> just, at voice cast, the voice cast. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. And then they also showed off a look at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out that I've thought I'm so so on. I've so so excited for it. Um, I used to be a really big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was younger, but I don't know. I'm kind of grown up, but it still looks fun. If you can have the heart, that's honestly all animated animated films. If you can have the heart or a message, I'll be there. I'll be there. I just don't want just fart jokes for two hours straight. <laughs> and then they also announced another animated film, and that is a new Smurf movie that stars Rihanna, who will be playing the Smurfette. This is the most unexpected news <laughs> I have seen. Um, hey, we're going to get some banger songs out of this. We're going to get some banger songs. Maybe she's doing it for her kids. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure the last times they tried the Smurfs franchise, they've all kind of failed, or at least animation-wise, they failed last time they tried to do this. So we'll see. But the anime film I'm most excited for coming out there is Avatar, the last Airbender film, which will follow older versions of the characters. I love that TV show. Probably the best animated TV show I've ever seen besides Gravity Falls. Those are probably my two favorite ones. And this is set to come out in 2025. It looks great. 
Well, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from it, but it sounds great. <laughs> They're doing the live action remake. They're expanding the Avatar franchise, and it's it's what this it's what this franchise deserves. It has such a rich background, but Avatar, uh, Avatar Navi, Navi James Cameron's Avatar. It's better. I just said it. I said it. It's better. <laughs> don't come after me, Avatar stands. <laughs> and then the film I am most hyped for coming out of this panel is A Quiet Place Day One, which is a spinoff from the Quiet Place movies that John Krasinski did, and it stars Lupita Nyong'o. Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things and Alex Wolf, who I think he was in Hereditary and Jumanji, and it follows a mother trying to survive day one of the invasion in New York when the monsters start crashing down from meteors, and it's the tagline is the day the world went silent. Oh, oh, I can't wait to see this movie. I think it comes out next year, late next year. Oh, oh, they just wrapped filming. I can't wait to see this. I think I'm in love with sci-fi films between The Covenant, this, The Make Two. I don't know if you call The Make Two sci-fi, but I think it's pretty much fictional. It's all fiction at this point, but yeah. I think you know what type of movies I like at this point. And then the last thing they did to close it out was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. They said it got moved up two days to July 12th, which is now a Wednesday. And a trailer is set to release soon. And then the audience there got to see 20 minutes of it. So I'm excited for this. I hope they release Part 1 and Part 2 closer together so I don't have to wait a whole year. But I need to catch up on all Mission Impossible films because I've only seen the sixth one. So I need to catch up on it. Henry Cavill got me to see the sixth one. And then they killed him off. So who knows? And then Lionsgate, they had their panel. Um... I'm going to talk about the Hunger Games trailer on the next, and I might talk about it on the next one, but nothing too notable from them all other than they showed off the Joyride film, which looks pretty good. Um, but then before we close out, I want to touch on the past week's box office. Um, Super Mario Bros. continuing to smash the box office. It had the seventh biggest third weekend of all time with $58 million. This is another high 30s drop for this film. It's just it's just doing exceptionally. That's no de- way to spin it. It's doing exceptionally well. Um, it'll probably finish domestically with around like $600 million which I think is either going to make it the biggest domestically animated film of all time or right behind Incredibles 2. And then worldwide, it's setting around with a $1.1 to $1.2 billion range. So this film just keeps delivering and will continue to deliver until another family film comes out. That probably, excuse me, that probably being The Little Mermaid at the end of May, that's probably next it for, for family films. And then you don't have another animated film until The Elementals mid-June. So I just keep being surprised by how well it's doing. <laughs> it's astonishing. I have major faults with the film, but it is incredible how well it's doing. And it's so great for the movie theater industry. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm glad people are going to see the movie theater, going to the movie theaters. And then the other major, major success of this past weekend was Evil Dead Rise, which overperformed to 23 mil- 24.5 million opening weekend. As I said, this is one of the best horror, fil- horror films I have ever seen, and it truly filled me with adrenaline rush the entire time. Thank God this film wasn't put onto HBO Max like it was originally intended to. This film, as I said last week, only cost 15 to $19 million to make, and overseas it opened with $20 million as well. So for a worldwide opening total of $40 million, so yeah, Warner Brothers is making a lot of money out of the film. Oh, and I do have to say that this is film got a B on cinema score, which is pretty good for a horror film. Um, my other favorite horror film this la- this year was Cocaine Bear, if you would call it a horror film, and that got a B minus, so it's a lot better reaction than that. And someone pointed this out to me that it actually is <laughs> Warner Brothers like only hit big hit since Elvis last summer. Um, it kind of took me surprise, but when you think about it, they had two bombs of Black Adam, Shazam, Shazam 2, which we won't get into all that drama again. But let's just say the studio lost a lot of money. And then Don't Worry Darling did okay, but nothing exceptional. I probably just made back its production budget, but it did give us all that fun drama. But what was exceptional about this movie was the behind-the-scenes drama, as I said. It was it was the behind-the-scenes drama that made that movie, but it didn't make a ton of money. Um, um, I think this is also a sign of Warner Brothers that you actually have to market these movies for people to go see them. They did not market Shazam 2 at all compared to how big of a push they did for Evil Dead Rise. The only person that was marketing Black Adam was Dwayne Johnson, and the only person marketing Don't Worry Darling was the film festivals with all the drama happening. So Warner Brothers actually did some marketing here, and it paid off. 
<laughs> but hey, maybe they saw early screenings of Shazam 2 and just gave up on it, especially after the failure of Black Adam. But I'm glad they did a credible marketing push for Evil Dead Rise rather than Shazam 2 because I think it is a much better movie. Even though I did have fun with Shazam 2, but I'm glad Evil Dead Rise is getting the su- su- success it deserves. So yeah, fi- Warner Brothers is finally back on the board, and I think their next big film coming out is The Flash, which I just talked about. So who knows if that's going to do well. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to – the Ezra Miller drama and, as I said, the Michael Keaton drama – Michael, not Michael Keaton drama, Michael Keaton love is going to balance itself out just be an okay performing movie, maybe $500 million to $600 million. That's my prediction. <laughs> um, next week, though, is my most anticipated film of the summer, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I just rewatched like all the films that feature Guardians, except for Endgame, because I don't have that time commitment. <laughs> but I love I love the first and second film so much. I think the second one's my favorite. And then more recently put out the Christmas special that is honestly probably the best Christmas special I've ever seen. And I will watch that special every day in Christmas from now on. <laughs> um, early reactions have been calling this film incredible, and it seems to be just as emotional as the trailers are playing it up to be. I think my predictions going in are they're going to kill off Drax, Rocket, and maybe Gamora or Peter. One of them, too. I think three people are going to die minimum. <laughs> and it's going to be really sad. <laughs> um, the only one I can say is for sure safe is Groot and probably Mantis. Those are the only two I can say for sure are safe because, one, they already killed off Groot twice now, and then Palm Clementine, she's newer to the franchise, and I don't think she's leaving anytime soon. Um, the movie has a runtime of two and a half hours, which is the longest of the Guardians franchise, and I cannot wait for this film to come out. It's coming out in the middle of all my exams, but you best be sure I'm making time to see this movie once, if not twice this week, and then the weekend after the prom, I think we're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's going to be great. And if it's good as everyone says it is, I will be dragging everyone, everyone I know, to see it. And I want to, everybody's going to ball their eyes out. We're going to ball our eyes out together. But just please don't kill Rocket. I beg you. Don't kill him because I will be balling my eyes out if you kill Rocket. Um, and then Star Wars Visions Season 2 comes out on Disney Plus next week for May the 4th. But I do not think I'll be watching this season. I made it four episodes into the first season. It was not for me. I enjoyed one of the episodes I saw, and that was about the twins, where one of them a Jedi and one of them was a Sith, but really didn't like most of them. I don't, just don't think anime is my thing. The closest I got there, as I said, was Avatar Last Airbender. I love that whole franchise, but I don't know if anyone call that anime. I don't really know what the justifications are, but the stuff just – it doesn't work for me, and I don't really care for what-if stories. I like stuff that will have consequences, and most of the stories don't, but that's just personal preferences. I think that's why I like the MCU more than DC at this point, which DC has a kind of lot of whole Elseworld stories, and I like it when they're all interconnected. So, yeah, if you're a fan of Star Wars Visions, they got a new season coming for you, and I hope you enjoy it. Also, happy early the May Force be with you, but I will actually be seeing Guardians of the Galaxy that day, so it will be more Marvel Day rather than a Star Wars Day for me. But that will do it for this week's long episode of Seeing It All. Um, I hope you enjoyed the CinemaCon breakdown as much as I did. I'm so glad we're getting so many fun film announcements and the theaters are getting films that gets to come out, and we're not going to have any more droughts like we did a couple of years, this past two years. I'm just glad that people are getting out to go see movies. And the movie industry is thriving because it makes me happy and I get more films that I get to go see that I love. So, But that'll do it for this week's episode. Please join me next week for my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'll also get, probably get my review of Peter Pan and Wendy and maybe talk about the Hunger Games trailer that's supposed to come out later. But that'll do it. Thank you all for joining me. Bye-bye.